Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, 7 a.m. Eastern, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, September 4th, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 52 on that third paragraph, When We Saw Others, focusing on that paragraph only. Today's readers are Leon B., Pam M., Janice B., Esther F., Kathy F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, September 3rd, 7 a.m. Eastern, is 13,350. That's 13350. And for Tuesday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 13,352, that's 13352. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you, Esther. I will now ask for Kathy S. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy G. S., compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Georgia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and then you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as Compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement is for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 52 on the third paragraph and I'm gonna ask for Leon B to go ahead and get us started. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning, this is Leon B, gratefully recovered compulsive eater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Short but powerful paragraph. Um, and I don't even know where I want to, what part of this I want to share from. Um, and I'm thinking about our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Um, for me, just even this weekend, I'm struggling in, in a few areas, and I'm doing some sponsor-suggested reading. Um, but before I did this reading, I was this will is always trying to creep back in every day. And 
even if you get up and you do the the perfect start of your day with the the morning step eleven and and you're you're searching for you're keeping an eye out for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. The, the will is always trying to to creep back in, and and I didn't even know that I was doing something, that, and I nearly ruined a um a situation with with my will. And I remember walking away from that, thinking, what should I have done differently? And and it's like God showed me immediately where where I went wrong and what he wanted me to do differently the next time. And I just remember I kept saying to myself, I said, man, what? what? <laughs> it's like he wants every bit of me. And what is going to become of me if I continue to totally turn my life, everything, every part of me, I'm going to become somebody totally different. And it was like the aha moment again for me. Exactly. Because what you've been doing, your ideas, your ways of thinking, your ways of acting has not worked for you. But so far, when you turn these these small areas over to me, look at the powerful miracles that has taken place. So fast forward, I'm doing my sponsor suggested reading, which I really didn't want to do because I felt like we had already gone through this. And I'm and I'm reading through, and it was in the the, the twelve and twelve, and. And I'm reading this part where it says, nothing's going to turn me into a non-entity. If I keep on turning my life and my will over to the care of something or someone else, what will become of me? That's exactly what I was screaming internally that day. It says, I'll look like the hole in the donut. And I, I said, exactly. I'm going to look like nothing, but I'm going to look like what God wants me to be. When I turn, When my ideas don't work, his ideas do, and it changes us, and it makes us into what he would have us to be. And it's, it, it says simple. He says a simple reliance, and it sounds simple in theory, but in action, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. But when we do turn over our lives, when we have the willingness to do so, like it, like it says in the 12 and 12, it opens up this door to a wonderful life that that we can live. So that's all I have to share on that, and I'm I'm very grateful to be on the line this morning. Thanks. Thank you, Leon. Okay, so who would like to share on what was read? And if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, we'd love to hear from Tina you. S. Charles H. Charles. Larry K. Tina S. Tina, I got you. Charles Pam M. Barbara, Barbara E, Barbara E, Susan Ginger A. C, Susan Ginger. I think that's a good start right there. Was it Susan H? Susan A. Susan A. a. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. All righty. Okay, so I've got Tina S, Charles H, Larry K, Pam M, Barbara E, Susan A, and Ginger C. All right, Tina, you're up, followed by Charles. Thanks so much, Jamie. Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Anorexic in Florida. Wow, uh, what a great share and a great small paragraph with lots of stuff. You know, I too wanted to talk about our ideas did not work, the God idea did. You know, and on page 45, it tells me what my problem is, which is lack of power. That's my dilemma. 
and we had to find a power by which we could live, and that power had to be greater than ourselves. And that's exactly what this book is about. You know, uh, the, the previous paragraph with the bedevilments from yesterday, you know, bottom line is I lived in those for many, many years, and all my efforts to solve those problems were futile. You know, over and over I had tried, but had continued to fail. You know, but this God idea, you know, last house on the block, sorry. You know, I just didn't come here and say, okay, that God idea sounds great. I think I'll jump on board. That was not my experience. You know, maybe it's yours. It was not mine. You know, I had to exhaust every avenue for me, you know, to finally say, okay, let me just give it a try. What I got to lose? You know, bottom line is, this is the only thing I hadn't tried fully. Let me just work these 12 steps. And if it doesn't work, like people say, we'll refund your misery, you know. So, you know, and then I got, you know, I got a sponsor within with whom the problem had been solved through the 12 steps, through the transformation of spiritual awakening. You know, I follow direction, you know, and it also tells me in the book, big book that I'm undisciplined and I am. And I don't want you to tell me what to do, but it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what I do, you know, so I just follow directions. And I started to change. You know, my life can still be the same, but I started to change. And so the way I reacted was changed. And, um, you know, I don't want to ramble, but this is really some great stuff. And I'd love to hear what everybody else has to share. And I'll pass. Thank you, Tina. Charles H., you're up, followed by Larry. Thank you, Amy G. Charles H., a recovered composer over here. And I just, you know, I just want to make a correction. We... I heard something yesterday that 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 um, is not true. We don't get power in the second step. This is just a conclusion. It's it, it's a it's a conclusion of the mind. Um, and we've been hearing about the blocks, and we've been hearing about um, people people like myself that feel some type of way that my ideas didn't work. The God idea to me is just surrender. What I think I know. For a new for a new set of conceptions, it ain't got nothing to do with what you think it got something to do with. It ain't got nothing to do with. I ain't even got to get on my knees. I ain't got to do none of that. I just got to surrender what I think I know for a new conception, which is the idea. Every time I had a bright idea, the ball burst. You know, I can I can make the ball brighter than you can. I can outshare you. All that stuff was just. Um, right ideas that burst the bulb every single time. That's all it is. You know, I mean, just because, you know, they use the word God, it, it rises a certain antipathy in, 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 in people. Um, you know, if it was, if, if, if it was, the, if, if the atheist idea would work, and I'm just using it as an example, I'm going for it, bro. Because I tried every other idea. Now, if this book said, you know, the, the, my ideas didn't work, the atheist idea would work. I'm going for that idea if it worked with y'all. Because, like I said, I've seen y'all in Virginia Beach. I've seen you in California a few times. I've seen you in Boston. I've seen you in Newark, New Jersey. Y'all idea works. Whatever idea it is, as long as it ain't mine, as long as it ain't human, this thing works, man. And I don't care how you feel. Try the Kool-Aid. You in the arena, try the Kool-Aid. It's good. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Pam. 
<laughs> Thanks so much, Amy. Appreciate it. Larry K. recovered. You know, this paragraph, it takes me back. I was thinking this morning when I came um, into the rooms years ago, um, I was teaching. And, and the reason I bring that up was because I happened to be teaching about um, addiction, the irony there, right? And, 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 and the different methodologies that were used. And one of them was, was cognitive behavioral approach. We read this morning, our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Now, that was, you know, the, what I was teaching was about the way people think and their beliefs and values are often at the core of addiction, and, and I believe that's true. I was also teaching that if you essentially, essentially I was teaching, if you want to change your life and overcome addiction, you first have to change your thinking, beliefs, and values. And that was the problem for me, is that I was trying to change, to overcome my addiction by changing my thinking and my beliefs and my values. I was trying to do that conceptually. I was trying to read about it. I was trying to uncover things about my past and somehow by processing those things that that would change me from a compulsive overeater with an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind into a non-compulsive overeater. And for someone like me, that would never work. Now, for a normal person, perhaps, that doesn't have both of those things, maybe, maybe they can approach it that way. I'm not knocking it, right? But for me, you know, I had to have a process by which I could self-surrender. And, and what are the reasons that self-surrender should be so indispensable to a, a, a program of spiritual action? Because this is a program of spiritual action. There's not a spiritual part of the program for me. The entire program is a spiritual program of action embedded in the 12 steps. And the first reason for me why I needed that was because if you're a dope like me, you know, that, that I'm trying to, I, I am utterly incomplete as a human being as long as I am placing myself in charge of the universe and everyone in it. And the second reason is that, is that, is that if I want to cross the bridge to freedom, I longed to cross the bridge to freedom because I was suffering. And when I am abstinent, the bridge to freedom appears not even to be real excuse me, when I'm not abstinent, it, it's not, it doesn't seem to be real, that bridge to freedom when I'm not abstinent. When I am abstinent but not working the steps, the bridge to freedom, it seems to me, is, is a mirage. And when I am abstinent and working the steps in a haphazard way, that bridge to freedom may be in view, but it's like a rickety old bridge. It doesn't seem particularly dependable. But when I am abstinent and working the steps in sequence, and following the instructions precisely, that bridge to freedom will come to meet me. It will actually, it will draw me towards it. And here's what happens when we stop fighting. We stop fighting the tide that is carrying us to an, this inevitable bridge. We become inwardly rearranged. We become inwardly restructured by working these steps. And what, what must a person do to achieve this recovered state of being there's really two things. We have to put the food down entirely, and then we have to relax. That is, we, we, we have to fall back on the larger power. Let God do 
God's work. You work the steps and let God do God's work. I have to be willing to yield. I have to yield. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Pam, followed by Barbara. Go ahead, Pam. Good morning, everyone. This is Pam N. Recovered in upstate New York. Um, you know, my ideas about my life and especially my body and my weight were based on what I had seen before. And before getting involved with A Vision for You, I had never seen this problem be solved. I was looking at what I had seen beforehand, um, you know, my own personal experience of um, being on the hamster wheel of diet and weight loss, and um, my my experience of seeing my my mom. I'm a, I'm a second generation OAer, and um, you know, from what I saw, OA had not worked for my mom. Um, so, um, and my ideas were, you know, I'm I'm always going to be obsessed with food. The problem was never going to be lifted from me. And um, I was going to wind up being coming very sick and having diabetes and, you know, being in the state of hopelessness. Um, But I started hearing voices, and by God's grace and mercy, I started hearing these recovered verses in all places in the voices of my students. I'm a uh, a teacher. I teach adults. And um, I heard these voices. And and I tell them now, they were my eddies, because I heard voices of clarity and love and honesty and selfless service. And I was inspired. And I said, you know, I've got to, maybe I've got to give this a try. Maybe I need to set aside everything I think I know about OA and give it a try. And I did. I showed up to my first face-to-face meeting. I got lucky. Somebody uh, that I heard again, a voice that sounded recovered, to give this number a call. And I did. And I called a vision for you. And I, again, I heard the voices of people that were recovered. And I made outreach calls to people that were also recovered. Um, because I wanted what they had, and wh- what did I want? I wanted what I wanted. What I was hearing, which was the the spirit of 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 the universe living inside of them, coming out and um, through their actions, works and deeds, how they were living their life, the trust, the faith, the confidence in their higher power, was giving them a peace that I I hadn't known before a piece around the food, and a piece around my relationship with myself and the world. So um, today I can sleep at night, you know, even in the face of adversity. Um, I don't have to pick up. I fill myself up with prayer and love and spirit, knowing that um, God is always going to help me let go of what I can't let go of myself. And um, that includes every aspect of my life, not just the food. Um, So, and for that, I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Pam. Right on the money there at three. Thank you. Barbara E. Susan A. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning. Let me set my timer. There I go. 
This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, the gift of this program is I now know that abstinence alone is no longer enough for me, and praying alone is not enough. I remember hearing a story about a man who prayed to God every single night that he'd win the lottery, but he never did. And finally he said, God, why haven't you answered my prayer? And God responded, you at least have to meet me halfway and buy a lottery ticket. I had to be willing to buy that lottery ticket to accept the idea of a God. Yes, abstinence is still important to me, but I have to work every step every day in order to quiet those bedevilments that plague me. Only a power greater than myself could. In order to recover, I had to fire my head and hire my heart. No longer could I believe that getting down to goal would fix all my emotional problems. Sometimes timidly knocking on the door isn't enough if you want something. If you want it badly enough, you have to smash the door down. That's what I had to do and to be willing to accept the possibility of this God idea and be willing to fade because I'm human. The difference between a master and a beginner, I'm told, is that a master has failed many times while a beginner has never yet tried. A black cloud had followed me around for so many years. I was filled with shame. I always said I was fine when I wasn't. And you know what fine means. I was emotionally stunted. This program has given me alternative behaviors so I no no longer have the desire to gossip in order to feel better about me. I no longer feel depressed, irritable, alone. I've let go of my skepticism and trusted the process. I am no longer filled with shame over not feeling good enough, realizing that was my ego talking to me. I was given the gift of no longer being fearful that I would not be able to guide you to recovery, thinking it was my job to fix you when I could not fix myself. Again, my ego talking. I am no longer afraid to be my authentic self, to now realize life will continue to be messy. But this program and my loving higher power, which I call not me, helps me to live with the uncomfortability without going back to the tool, to the food. I have tools that I now know work because I've seen them work in you. So the lesson for me is to never give up, to always go forward, to never think I know enough. I will never know enough. And that is a comfort to me. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Susan A., followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Susan. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for your service this morning. My name is Susan A. from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Um, This paragraph, I couldn't not call in. Um, That's the way it affected me. Um, What jumped out at me is I met, I entered into a relationship with God prior to the 12 steps. There were two women in my life, my sister and a dear friend who had a relationship with a higher power. 
and they had a peace and direction and courage in their lives that I wanted for myself. And I began, I entered into a relationship with God. It was a process, but I, I made that decision. Um, in 92, my higher power, my God relationship led me into the 12 steps in AA first, and then in 1992 into OA. And I can remember initially I, I kept a journal in my spiritual life with, you know, writing prayers and communicating with my higher power. And when I first joined OA, I had my spiritual journal and I had my OA journal and the two never intersected. And because I thought, well, the food is my concern. That's not my higher power's concern. Well, there were two Abbeys in my, I entered the vision program. This is like four or five years ago. And I would say I've, I had two Abbeys that um, showed me the recovery that they had. They lived it. They had a peace, direction, and courage, and freedom. And I wanted what they had, and they lived it. And um, they opened my eyes to the steps to recovery from food addiction. And I, I will be forever grateful for them and all the Abbeys that I see, that I hear on this line. Um, it's it's a, an amazing way of life, and I'm eternally grateful to every one of you on the line. And those that are struggling, um, I learn from everybody. And um, that's what I wanted to share this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan A. Ginger C., your turn. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. So the power of the big book, November 15th, 16th, 17th, Newark, New Jersey, the third convention is coming around the corner. I'm on the website. It says 72 days, 12 hours, 29 minutes, and 40 seconds. (laughs) And I say the power of the people. And, um, you know, I showed up to that convention in Virginia Beach, and I did not want to go. And I just cannot encourage, especially those that are eating. There's no pixie dust, and we know that. There's no osmosis, but there is the power of this message, the people, the love, and most importantly, a higher power that's down deep within everybody. And I got to that place, and I had eaten the whole day before. And I was an absolute mess. And everyone just said, go to the meeting in the morning. I had no idea what vision was for. I just knew my Ebby was the whole guiding force to get me. And I made that ticket in September for my husband's birthday. And God got me there and got me in that meeting. And they were getting ready to do the phone call. And I was overwhelmed. And I'd been cornered at last. And... God works in such mysterious and miraculous ways. An angel sat next to me because I could not stop crying. She took me outside. She held my hands, and my beginning began. Because I told her about my food in my room, and we went and got that and threw it out. And then God just took over. And so 
thank God for vision for you, for this big book, this text that we study day in and day out, because without God, I am screwed. And if you get to get to that convention and you are especially in a recovered state of mind and body, remember we're meeting frequently for the newcomer because you don't know who's sitting right next to you. And you can avert death and misery. And you can change a life forever. I can't believe it's almost been four years. And all I'll say is I just finally gave up and God surrendered for me. The food finally convinced me. And I got busy. I got better. And I have not stopped until this moment. And I just pray I never stop because I have many addictions and I don't want to go back and return to any one of them. I've given my life over to pain and misery, and I just want to be with God today in this new miraculous way. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Thank you. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? As a reminder, we're on page 52, the third paragraph. Irene B. Irene? Donna B. Reva B. Reva P. I missed someone who was after Irene. I'm sorry. Lauren M. Lauren M. Thank you. I have Irene B. Reva P. Lauren N. Anybody else? Donna G. Donna G. There's somebody keeps trying to get in there. I'm sorry, your your phone is discombobulated. I can't hear your voice. So, anybody else? Got to take a few more. All right, we'll go with that. Irene B, Reva P, Lauren N, Donna G. All right, Irene, go ahead. Irene, press star one. I was talking away. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. I am Irene B., a very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This paragraph, this whole chapter, is so right on track. I have had ideas, many ideas of how I'm going to go about my recovery. And God, up until vision, really, well, until OA, hadn't become a part of it because my own ideas were very limited, whereas God's ideas have no boundaries and no limits, no limitations whatsoever. He is so powerful and capable and he cares so much and I just um, I just couldn't get to this I knew where I needed to get I have a lot of intellectual knowledge but my problem quite frankly is that I didn't know I am 60 years old and I couldn't get in touch with my feelings. Okay, so that 
and I didn't know how. And all the therapists and everybody kept telling me that I needed to get in touch with my feelings, and I had no idea how. And a psychiatrist once told me, imagine that what happened to you didn't happen to you. Imagine that it happened to somebody sitting next to you. Chances are that you're feeling the same way that person is feeling or the way you think that that person is feeling. So I've gone through the last 30 years of my life with my permanent invisible companion trying to figure out how she feels so that I can figure out how I feel. Okay, so, and, and it's worked, and, and I'm much more connected, but not totally. And now I have this thing that I need to change my core beliefs, and I think, you know, I've done the self-talk, the affirmations, and nothing is working because I have come to find what I didn't know that the 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 trauma in my early life caused these things to be imprinted in my prehistoric brain. So I've been trying to change that, and it cannot be changed because the the intellectual brain does not communicate with prehistoric brain. There's no communication there, but there are techniques. So I have to meet God halfway, and I have to avail myself of those techniques so I can access that and change those core beliefs that I hadn't been able to change in the last 40 years. And with the steps, my sponsor told me that God's going to be able to do that, which I couldn't do by myself, because God is powerful. He performs miracles. So I will rely on God and continue to work on changing those beliefs that work in the background of my mind, and I I will conclude shortly, that those beliefs that work in the background of my mind that sabotage me and tell me terrible things about me and make me feel so bad and that I don't even know it's happening. So that's why I don't know how I feel because I don't know what it is that I'm telling myself. So God will help me with that, the way he has helped me with the food, because the food obsession is gone, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Irene. Reva P., followed by Lauren N. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The first thing that strikes me is it says, when we saw others solve their problems, and it does not say, when we saw others stay abstinent. And that reminds me that what is my problem? My problem is that when I'm abstinent only and when I put the food down um, and I don't work the rest of the steps, I get the paragraph that's right before. I get those bedevilments. And, you know, any time, um, even after being around for a long time, any time I rest on my laurels and I fail to enlarge and develop my spiritual life, by continuing and continuing and continuing to do this work, I get those bedevilments and then I have problems. Um, and when I see the evidence, um, then it keeps me motivated to know that this is how it works. Um, and the thing that strikes me the most is the words reliance and doubt. And doubt for me is fear. Um, and why do I control? Why do I try to control everything and everyone in my life? Because it's all fear-based, because I'm afraid I'm not going to be okay, things aren't going to work out. And this is reminding me yet again that I can have fear, but staying in the fear doesn't work. 
Um, so the reliance piece is about trusting. And in step two, you know, there were people who used to use that slogan, let go, let God. Like, I don't get that in step two. Step two, I just come to the realization that I'm miserable and I need some kind of power and I don't know how to do whatever it is that I'm facing. Um, so I make a decision and I do the rest of the steps. Um, and then I access this power. Um, and, and the evidence is so motivating. Um, when I see other people, it's not just that the food and the weight are down, but dealing with life on God's terms, dealing with lots of challenging things, and trusting, trusting all along the way that it's going to be okay. That is so motivating. And I'll just end with this. When I first came into program, I was told to trust that my ideal weight would be taken care of and God would figure it all out, you know, once I determined my food plan and my abstinence. And I was so afraid that maybe God's will was for me to be, I don't know, quite obese and 300 pounds. Um, and I had to just trust. I had to just trust. It sounds so silly now, but I just trusted. And I was told, why would God, who loves me, um, have such an outcome? And of course it worked. And it works with everything else too. Um, so it's either fear or trust. And the way to access the trust and the faith is by doing the steps so I'm unblocked and then I access that power. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Lauren M., followed by Donna G. Go ahead, Lauren. Good morning, all. Lauren N. from New York. Wow. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon spiritual spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting whether the power of God Doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. How incredible that whole paragraph is. I watch, I have watched over the past four years being religiously on this line and getting to know all of you via voice. Um, just, I've watched you all and not yet really watched you all because I've only heard you, but I can hear it in your voice, the power of this, of the spirit, the power that has been brought to all of my fellows. And for the first time in my life, I believe that Actually, there is a power out there bringing something to me, helping me get better one minute at a time sometimes, but it happens. It's amazing to me that I'm still here and still calling this line every single day, that I still enjoy hearing your voices knowing your stories behind the voice when I hear someone share and when I hear someone new reaching out to them, loving myself for the very first time in a way that I've never known. I'm 60 years old today. 
and I'm young. Well, not today. Today is not my birthday. I'm 60 years old. My birthday's in February. And if I look back at 10 years ago when I was 140 pounds heavier, had diabetes, gave myself shots, and was killing myself a little bit at a time, or a lot of it, and I see the transformation, and I realize that it only started with one little step, and that one little step was holding on to the phone line every single morning. And thank you all for being here because you have helped me to believe that there is a power out there that is willing to help me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Donna G., you're up, please. Hi, this is Donna G. from Pennsylvania, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you for your service. And, um, yeah, so seeing people solve their problems, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm nearing 60 years old, and uh, my whole life, the people I saw who um, seemed the happiest and most free were people who had a spiritual life. Um, I, I definitely saw that. But I, I kind of wrote off a lot of them because I thought, well, they don't have the problems that I have. <laughs> it's easy to have a spiritual life when you don't have and the belief when you don't have the problems I have. And then I would take a look at people who had very real, very, very real, real, real problems. Um, through the work that I did, I saw a lot of um, people who would call themselves alcoholics, recovering alcoholics recovering addicts and um, and they had very real problems as a result and um, as a part of that and I saw people in recovery and I actually um, because I saw what a change it, it could have for their lives I actually envied them I was like wow I wish I mean it was, I mean I don't want the problem that they have but I kind of wow like is that what it takes to get get recovered and is that what it takes to like and um never ever acknowledging my own need for a 12-step program with with my compulsive overeating but anyhow um just kind of like ending them i have a sister who um is a recovering alcoholic and her sponsor um is an awesome person my sister was um clearly she's my ebby clearly um becoming recovered and i I envied it, and um, I said that once to her sponsor. I said, you know, I, I, I'm kind of jealous. I'm, I mean, I want a sponsor. And she said, all you have to do is wreck your life into the ground, Donna, and you too can have a sponsor. And um, I laughed, ha, 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 you know, that's funny. But little did I acknowledge that that's exactly where I was, that my life was wrecked into the ground um, and that it was very unmanageable. And um when I came into the program, I um, I just felt very, very desperate, um, and I'm just so grateful for, I will always say I'm grateful, I'm so grateful that 
my higher power, who I call God, helped me recognize that I had a problem and that it could be solved and that my higher power um, would help me solve that problem and that not only mm-hmm. help me, but, um, okay, with doing the steps that um, my higher power would come in and, and do so, so much of the work. So I just really, really encourage the newcomers to keep coming back. Thank you. And that'll pass. Thank you, Donna. Okay, so we have a few minutes left. We could probably take uh, two, two folks. Lisa two, H. Three. Lisa H. Linda D. from Connecticut. Linda D. Kathy K. All right, we're going to go with that and see where we're at. Okay, Lisa H., Linda D., and Kathy K. Lisa, go ahead, please. Good morning. This is Lisa H., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. And the word that just really pops off the page to me is reliance, um, which means dependence or trust in someone or something. And, you know, um, I feel like our culture and this culture I grew up in and what I learned growing up was um, I could rely on, I had to rely on myself. Um, I had to trust myself to make the right decision. Um, And it was all about, you know, me and I. And um, even though I grew up in this household where we went to church and that kind of thing, um, this this trust and reliance was always on me. Um, And (laughs) um, coming to this, coming to OA um, and hearing about how um, this, ego, I guess that's trusting myself as ego, you know, that I had to set that down. I mean, that I had to completely put it down. I had to put it down like I had to put the food down um, and, and get out of my own way. Um, and through working the steps um, and continuing to hear about how this power, um, this power that was not human power um, was affecting the lives of the people on this line. Um, that's why I keep coming back day after day because the, this spirit of the universe, this power um, that we can't see, but we know without a doubt exists, um, exists in my life, exists in your life. I had to turn. I mean, I had to turn. I had to turn from this reliance on myself and I had to try and rely. And it says simple reliance simple reliance on the spirit of the universe um, that is broad and roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive. Um, But I had to get out of my own way. I had to work the steps um, so that I could have this spiritual awakening so that every day I now have a 24-hour reprieve um, from this mental obsession. Um, But I have to connect with that power, this power um, that I call God, I have to start my day. I have to be reminded um, to connect. I have to to remind myself to ask God for the next right thought. What's the next right step? Um, I also have to pause and listen. I think that for me, I often get in such a big hurry, you know. I'm but I don't pause and listen. You know, I mean, we live in this fast-paced world, and if I stop and listen, then I'm going to hear direction. You know, when I ask the God of my understanding to show me, show me the way. And I pause and listen. It's amazing what happens. Um, 
And that's all I have. Um, and I'm happy to be here. And I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Linda D., you're up. Hi, everybody. Hi, Amy. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. What a wonderful meeting. Um, The thing that jumps out at me, oh, I'm recovered uh, five and a half years. And today, if I really pay attention, um, it's a wonderful thing to be recovered. After so many years of that phrase that we read, stop doubting God. When I came in a long time ago, that was... The hardest thing, I, I, I didn't think God was real. I was sure God wasn't real. So for me to find God through these steps, through the book, through all of you over the years, it's an amazing thing. And now I find it's today, and I have stuff to do, and I don't want to do a lot of it. And uh, it's too bad because uh, I have a choice today. I can live in fear or I can live in love with God. And I um, am willing, once again today, to dethrone my intellect, which is very blabby, because I was trained to be intellectually, you know, that's my tool, and to trust the intuitive, which is not to be poo-pooed like women's intuition, that's not real. Well, intuition really is real, and the person before me described it. And it is inside as well as inside me, as well as inside you and in the universe. And that's the connection. So listen up, Linda. It's time to move and experience the wonder, the tremendous wonder of being your authentic self, the self that God created me to be. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Kathy, you've got two minutes instead of three, okay? Okay, thanks, Amy, for your service. This is Kathy Kay in Boston, a recovered compulsive overeater, and very, very grateful to be listening today. Um, You know, it was really, really a challenge for me to let go of self-reliance. And when I was finally able to find a God of my understanding to help me stay abstinent, the door uh, slowly started to open for me to rely on my higher power in other areas of my life. But truthfully, after six years of abstinence, I still find myself falling into self-reliance way more than is good for me. Um, And I think it does have to do with The way I was trained, uh, always trained to be intellectually active and argumentative and discerning, and now I'm being asked to discern within myself and that very deeper voice within uh, of the right next action from my higher power. So for me now, I realize it's about making space in my day to listen and doing that often so that I don't fall back into old ideas, which are happy to step in if I'm not ready and willing to listen to my higher power. I'm so grateful I'm listening. Take good care. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Kathy Kay. And with all of those wonderful shares, we're going to wrap up. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study continuing on immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, September 4th, is 13,358. That's 13358. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Pam, M, could you please read A Vision for You? My pleasure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.